0: So where on the path did you two meet? Because you grew, Jack. You grew up in Auckland.
1: Southside, Southside. not Auckland. <laughs> Southside. Man. Okay, all right. Big difference.
0: <laughs> Big huge.
1: Very.
2: Um, we met at, at drama school uh, in Wellington at Toy Um We were both in the same uh, year for the acting program. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. That's
0: how we met.
1: Uh oh, <laughs> actors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you remember meeting?
1: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll start yeah. on this one. I remember Miriam because my mum on our first day, um, Miriam had bright red hair at the time and I was in, a, in another relationship at that stage. And, like, you know, I was the first boy on my, on well, actually, first boy in my family um, to go to university. So mm. I was like, man, I'm here to go hard, like, I don't want to make friends, I don't want to make, you know, I just want to, I'm here to, I don't want to make friends, I don't want to make babies, I don't want to party, I just want to become an actor Mm. and work hard and succeed at what I think success is. And then on the first day, my mum saw Miriam with her bright red hair and was like, oh, Jack, look at her, she looks like a movie star. And I was just like, yeah, cool, man, like, she was like, oh, she's pretty, eh? And I was just like, I mean, sure, we're in a room full of actors. They're all pretty good looking.
0: I <laughs> like your mum's trying to undercut you. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. Stop no, trying she to wasn't. distract me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if she was fully happy with the previous relationship that I had. Ah. It wasn't, uh, yeah, it was, you know, every relationship has its ups and downs yeah. and stuff like that. And um, I don't want to poo-poo that person because there were no, great no, moments. No, and, yeah, but, yeah, But it was, yeah, so mum was just kind of like, do, do, do. And I was like oh yeah sure <laughs>
2: Matchmaking since ages ago <laughs> Yeah,
1: And then um, Yeah I remember that And being like oh yeah she's got bright red Super straight hair um, And then we kind of got Into class and everything And it's all happening And like Miriam and I were v- are, like very Different people in terms of like our upbringing To that point
3: mm.
1: Of like when people would uh, ask a question in one of our classes, uh, Miriam would be like the first person to put up her hand and be like, I think I have the answer. And, would, and I was just kind of, in my head, I'm just like, oh my God, who is this freaking goody good, man? Like, like she, would, she says about at high school, she would get up at like seven o'clock in the morning and go and study because uh, she wanted to be ducks, right?
2: Only in seventh form. Only in seventh
1: form. Whereas for me, I deliberately flunked all of my exams. Like, my tutors were just my sorry. My teachers were all just like, "Dude, you got to go to your exams," and I was like, "I'm probably not going to go to them, to be honest."
0: <laughs> when yeah. You say so, "flunked," you mean you didn't go? Yeah,
1: deliberately. All oh, right. All of them, just or I would sit for the twenty minutes that you had to for NCEA, and then I'd just walk out.
0: But you still got university entrance.
1: I mean, just <laughs> like did you? I, I mean, I had a phone call with the toy, the university I went to, being like. Can you, do you have university entrance? <laughs> because my principal at the time was kind of like, okay, Jack is obviously smart enough to have university entrance. Yeah. But he didn't sit his exams. Because so, I dropped maths and English as soon as I could. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to use this. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that was a very big thing. I was just kind of like, who's this goody good? I'm not a fan.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're pretty different people in a lot of ways. Had. Yeah. And I just, I don't actually remember the exact moment meeting you for the first time, but I think it might have been at the recall weekend at the auditions, and I just remember being like, oh, like this guy, everyone loves this guy. He's just so like funny and charming. Like it just looks so easy for him, you know? Mm. I just remember being like, yeah, he's that guy that everyone wants to be around, you know, as a good time. And also, but also being maybe secretly jealous of that fact and that kind of audition uh, scenario, you know,
3: voice. where you're
2: kind of all being put up and trying to, you know, I was only eighteen, but trying to figure out how you audition and how you prove that you are good enough to be an actor at this drama school. But I don't remember the, like the exact mo- moment of first meeting.
1: I mean, there was like our first sort of like romantic like moment. Oh, yeah.
0: I remember that. I mean, I want, I want to know about that.
1: Well, see, we were like, are we talking about like the hand touch one? Oh, uh, yeah. Because that was first year, right? Yeah, that was. And I, was I, I felt very bad. But we, we had to, like, so we didn't do anything. It was just totally like this improv sort of situation where we drama had drama school exercise. Yeah, you know, you hop up, you walk out into the middle of the room while your class watches, you like turn out towards the world, you see the world out in front of you, and out then to you the Yeah, out to the audience. And then you turn back to each other, have a moment, and then you walk off. Mm. And we, like, walked out, looked out to the audience, looked back to each other, and then, like, our hands touched. And there was just this electricity. And everyone in the class was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. And then, like, that's it. That's all it was. But we didn't have boundaries as actors because we were like, oh, I don't know what boundaries are.
3: Mm, like,
1: mm-hmm. Am I in love? Am I not in love? Mm. I remember being like, wow, she's Uh, she's powerful, man. Mm. There's something pretty cool about her. Mm. But then didn't play on it because I was like, well, I'm in a relationship. So cool. I can respect that. She's cool. Mm. That was it. Yeah. So that was kind of our first.
3: Mm.
0: Did you feel bad about it because you were in a relationship? Is that what you mean with you felt bad about it or?
1: Um, Like I guess I mean I felt bad because I knew the person was quite like a jealous person I didn't feel bad myself because right. I didn't do anything yeah, but yeah, I felt yeah. bad for them because right, I was right, like right. I don't think they necessarily have the language to understand yeah what drama school is and I don't have the vocabulary or the words to describe it at the moment because I'm in my first year
3: yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. you don't know what's happening much in your first year yeah
1: no. well that was our and also experience. just like young
0: person vibes right yeah, like totally. where it's like oh yeah we your first your first
2: yeah. year out of a learning you know out of your school environment and it's a very different kind of atmosphere there. Huh. But it wasn't until the second year that we sort of, you know, started at, you know, getting a little bit closer is how I would say it. You <laughs> know, at the drama school parties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause those drama honestly, if you want to go to a main party, you yeah. go to a drama school party. Like they bump, man. They were good times. Like they go off.
0: Yeah, I feel like I totally missed out on that because I was not in the Wellington scene at all. Like
1: yeah. I yep. mean, just even now, like actor parties are mm. they're just no they rock. Like that's that's Because uh, everyone's just like not afraid to dance and stuff. Yeah, like it's yeah, like I a house so, yeah. party, man.
0: Yeah. I guess people just don't have that sort of, that sort of inhibition. They're just sort of like, I can perform. Mm.
3: Well, yeah, so.
1: and it's like I think as well so many times that actors or performers wear that performance mask all the time. So on a Friday night, Saturday night, they take it off.
3: Oh, Whereas yeah. I think a
1: lot of people go out to town, they put on masks of like, True. oh, yeah, mm. I'm not the um, accountant or builder <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy who goes to the gym six times a week. And yeah, yeah I'm getting a bit drunk and I might be a bit punchy. And I'm like, whoa, that's so intense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you graduate being like... Did you both want to be actors when you graduated?
2: Yeah, I think originally. um, The drama school we went to really, there's a lot of focus on making your own work. So although we wanted to be actors, I think we definitely left drama school with I guess, the idea or the vision that we wanted to also make our own work. Mm. Mm. Maybe not necessarily knowing exactly what form that would take. Mm. Um, Like, we both were really interested in screen and film, but I don't Mm. think we had quite made the jump to we're going to be running a production company and Mm. making films Mm. at Mm. that point. Mm. But Mm. definitely the sense that we wanted to have, I guess, some more autonomy over our lives (laughs) and, you know, not have our creative practice be limited by someone casting us in something or not. You know, yeah. it can be really limiting as an actor if you basically have to wait for someone to say yes or pick you. Yeah. Which can be really tricky. So I think we had the sense of that, but not kind of the reality that we're now in.
0: Yeah. So what did you do? What What did either of you do when you left uni? Um, we
2: moved... Up here together, up to Auckland, oh. um, and started auditioning. Jack got quite a few roles straight out of drama school. I did a few things, but also worked in PR part time for a few years.
1: You made films as well, like straight out. You yeah, we made. That. Well,
2: that's kind of how we got started. Is we made a short film that Jack shot and I wrote and directed, and that for a no budget. Film, which was made by a bunch of actors, you know, so it wasn't trained crew by any means. We had like our friends helping light and record the sound and everything and we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. Shot this film and it did really well and went to Show Me Shorts Film Festival, which is... What was the film called? It's called Do You Like Me Like This?
0: Okay, yeah.
2: It's about a girl and a boy in a bus stop and they have an interaction. You think that it might be going um, the way of boy meets girl, but it has... Sort of a fun turn <laughs> oh. in it, so it's quite quirky, no dialogue. Okay. But it did really well, so it played at National Short Film Festival and then um, did quite a few festival festivals overseas as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was kind of the catalyst for
3: mm-hmm.
2: starting the company and making more films and getting funded and you know making work for clients as well. So. Um, And that was really just us figuring it out. Mm. You know, we'd be like, we have no idea how to do this. Okay, Google
1: it. Oh, yeah, man. Like, that was it. Like, after drama school, I was like, well, if I'm not acting, I want to do something that relates to acting. Mm. And I knew nothing about cameras and I was terrified of them. Mm. That's why I started screen acting, actually.
3: Mm. It's because I wanted
1: to just do theatre. Like, my whole goal was, Mm. when you say, what did you want to do out of Drama school Mm. Did you want to act I was like Mm. I wanted to be Like in the Lion King Mm.
3: Over in Melbourne Like that
1: was Mm. kind of My idea was to Graduate drama school And go and do musical theatre Over in Aussie And then I got like the taste of Screen in second year I'm not sure whether that's Because the screen tutor was like Jack you're so shit at Acting on screen (laughs) That that made me want to do it (laughs) Or I think it was a bit of that Because I was like I can't do this And I want to be able to do it But also Yeah, I just guess I'd never been introduced to it, and it was a sort of like um, there's like a simplicity and a kind of meditativeness about screen that I find that I don't get in any other Mm. place. It's a Mm. yeah, it's where I probably feel most still. Mm. Um, Mm. And so then I sat at home, if I wasn't acting, on the computer. I you know I was very lucky to book some some decent roles on screen, which pays well. That I could sit at home and then kind of further my education into screen mm. uh, rather than just on set experience or then waiting and having to work a bar job or what a lot of actors do yeah um, which is nothing wrong with with I just had a different journey um, and so yeah I would sit at the computer and I would just watch thing after thing about screen acting and about how cameras work and how camera influences what people perceive and everything that there is to do around like what actors are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was a big thing of I started to know more about cameras. So then it naturally was a progression of me picking up a camera and then putting it on my shoulder and filming for mates and filming for Miriam and filming for myself. And then people going, oh, you shoot things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I do now. Yeah. So that was kind of...
0: That's cool. That's a very natural evolution.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a very... Mm -hmm. I'm much more a visual person as well. Mm.
2: I mean, it's natural, but also there's not... There's a lot of actors that progress, say, to being writers or directors, but I can't think of as many examples of actors to cinematographers. So I think it's quite... It is quite unique in a way.
1: Well, like, yeah. Natural, but also very unique. Because, yeah.
0: It seems natural, in in terms of your progression to have gone that way like it wasn't just like a stop i want to do screen, no i want to do screen now like it was it was very much like a it just sort of like you mm-hmm. developed into that mm-hmm. person
1: yeah there was no point i decided to, totally excited you yeah mm-hmm. there was no point i decided to be one or the other it's mm-hmm. still much a um moving not target that's a Continua- continuum, yeah, you know, like yeah. Pendulum, yeah. pendulum swings all the time. Yeah, so.
0: mm. yeah. Hard yeah. Out. yeah. Mm. So, so on that short film, what was it mm. called? Do You Like Me Like This? Do You Like Me Like This? Yeah. You were?
1: Director. Well, DOP. DOP, cinematographer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. get caught up in that name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever, camera person. The person who decided <laughs> yeah. what the visuals were and shot yeah. them on the day. Oh, yeah. And you were directing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. That's, that's a like cool dynamic to have.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was an amazing day and we still think about, I think that shoot a lot because we were so young and naive and really had no idea what we were doing. We didn't maybe have the same fears that we have now. Mm. You know, like when you don't know much, it's kind of much easier to go out and do it and be brave. Mm. Whereas now I think we're a lot more experienced. It's actually harder to do that because Mm. you You're so much more aware of your limitations And I think that fear really comes in Or once you've done a couple of things well Then there's that Well I find this And I know a lot of that comes from myself But this expectation Or this pressure That the next one's going to be better and bigger Mm. Mm. And I think that Yeah, that's tricky So I often think of that film because we made so many mistakes like when we watched the footage back the first time we couldn't use half of it because we could see everyone's reflections in the bus stop because it was a glass it was a glass bus stop and we didn't have a high resolution enough monitor like it wasn't high res enough for us to see that on the day and then we watched it back and I was like we can't use half of this because you can see our crew in the reflection so
1: but you just that At the end of the day, I, we looked at it, and I think that day because I would never really shot anything. I meant to wear glasses all the time, but I don't. I had like a migraine. Oh, I was like vomiting. I'd right. oh, forgotten about while that. The rest of the crew is downstairs just enjoying pizza. And I'd I'm forgotten just,
2: like, that you were really sick. I
1: was so sick, man. And then Miriam watched the footage the next morning and just like burst into tears <laughs> and cried for like 40 minutes. So it was just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, but somehow we managed to stitch it together.
2: Hey, but yeah, it's yeah. I sometimes think I wish. I try and encourage that, or we try and bring back that kind of energy into work that we do now because, yeah, there's something amazing about, the, yeah, that bravery. Yeah,
0: a sort of innocence and bravery yeah. that come together, eh? Mm. So after you made that short film, the next thing I know on your timeline is that mm. at some stage you went to the States. Mm. Yeah. What, what's that timeline?
1: Um that's like in 2016 we applied for green cards. Mm. Um had
0: you already started the company at that no. stage.
1: No. So yeah. this oh, like it was very what like we were doing small, kind of small, just like little bitsy of mm. stuff like that. While it wasn't, you were
0: still acting? Yeah. And you was were you still doing PR at the time? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And then um Auditioned for the lottery, I oh sorry, not auditioned, <laughs> um, applied <laughs> for the green card lottery. And then it's like, however long later it is, it's like a year later or something, you check, or mm. six months, or I don't know, however, yeah. however long, let's go six months. It's a long to process. A so, fast forward, for the sake of this, let's say six months, uh, 12 months. Mm. And so it's 2017. And then I check my um, status and I'm like, oh my God, I'm into the next round, which pretty much means. You've got a green card, you mm. just have to fill out the correct paperwork and stuff mm. like that. I Do an interview like, and a medical. Yeah. Cool and, mm. and then Mary was like, oh shit, I should check mine. Like I completely forgot. And she checked mm. hers and she'd won hers as well.
2: So we both won the lottery in the same year, which is a uh,
1: separate from each other. Yeah, separate. Well. And we
2: didn't apply as like a couple or anything. Right. Which mm. is pretty crazy. What, can you apply as a couple? I think one what, what,
1: person has to get it, I think, and then...
2: Yeah, so like if I applied and got okay. it, then I would apply with Jack as my partner or mm. um, so you can you, apply for family later down the track.
0: Why did you choose to apply
1: separately? We just didn't... Well, we weren't...
2: We'd only been dating for a couple of years right? and I okay. think we weren't, you know, thinking about getting married or anything like that right. and I think we thought that maybe if one of us got it... We might apply later down the track or something, but okay, okay. Right. I don't know, yeah. we were young,
3: didn't really think about
1: it. <laughs> I mean, it. we just applied for green cards. Yeah. We We hadn't sense. thought about applying pl- pl- no. together, or no, we hadn't thought about what would happen if one of us got it and if one of us didn't. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we hadn't not. thought that far <laughs> <already>. yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, fair. Totally. Yeah.
0: So you both got it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you just went.
1: Yeah. Miriam was earlier on the list than me you yeah. were like 33 or something yeah eh? so
0: I was quite
2: early so I ended up going first and that trip was pretty cool actually I did some got some sponsorship from the film commission funded me to take some classes with um Joan Sheckle and Margie Haber which was really amazing Ah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah sure uh, Joan Sheckle is it's genius she's genius it's trying to figure out how to sum her up. She's a coach for actors, writers, directors, producers. She kind of, uh, she worked on some really amazing films like Whale Rider. She consulted Mm -hmm. with Nikki Caro a lot. Mm Um, Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine, if you've seen Transparent, she's Mm. had a lot to do with that and Jill Soloway. um, So a really incredible um, maker and artist um, who some of our tutors at Twifkari trained with. um, So, yeah, that was really awesome to be with her. And Margie Haber is more of a traditional acting coach. Right. um, Much more traditional casting in LA vibes. Mm -hmm. So... Mm. Uh, kind of studio sessions. Yeah, so yeah. quite different practitioners, very different. Um, so that was really amazing. But I only went for a, maybe two months, mm. six weeks, mm. um, and then came back. And then you got yours. Of
1: I was like three hundred and seventy-eight or something on the list, right? Mm. Which doesn't say much, but it was like a long time. Back. It was like six
2: months later that you six
1: months later yeah. got your
2: interview and everything.
1: Yeah, and didn't realise my passport was, like, about to go out of date oh. in, like, two weeks. And so I had to get an emergency. <laughs>
2: no, it was like, oh, was it in two weeks? Yeah. Classic Jack. So we were yeah. leaving again. We were, we were leaving for LA on the Monday and looked at his passport on Friday and realised it was going to expire. <laughs> but because we live in this amazing country, we managed to get a, him a new passport in two hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then we went back together. Mm. No, actually, went, that, you I was, uh, went by and yourself. Then you came and joined me. Yeah, that's, that's right. When we went to New York. That's and when stuff we went like to that. New York, yeah. which was an amazing trip. Um, and then we did another little trip, and that's when we had some screenings over there. Some for some work we would made, and we had a lot of stuff lined up. And that's when we had
1: a bad experience—the
2: unfortunate car blowing up on oh. the freeway. Yes.
1: Incidents. Which you would hear on the crumb podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I was like, shut up, crumbs. Let's let's just plug that in there. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear that story, (laughs) listen to that podcast. Yeah. And then come back now. Yeah. 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 Don't hurt, pause. Just finish this and then go listen to the car story. It's worth it.
2: And then we came back and we're getting ready to essentially move there and then COVID. So here we are.
0: Yeah, so where were you guys planning on living in the States?
1: New York, baby. Mm. But that was like the COVID <laughs> hotspot, man. A New
0: York accent. That you know? I
1: mean, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that was not a New York accent. It <laughs> was just kind of ex- excitement <laughs> of the Jake. thought of New York. <laughs> oh, don't shit.
2: judge him on that accent. Yeah, don't
1: judge me. All the casting directors in Auckland. I'm trying to be an actor, so, <laughs> you know, anyways, I can get more work.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it was like a COVID centre, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's Hotspot Man. So. Yeah, so um, here we are.
0: So you decided to sort of just focus in on what you guys were doing here. So yeah. when did you, When at what point did you actually set up the production company?
2: Was it two thousand and seventeen? Start off. Start off. Yeah. Okay. Mm.
0: So before before you went, yep. to the states. Okay. Yeah. So we had already
2: had kind of work and clients and things rolling here, but I guess our dream was to have that also operating mm. um, in the states, uh, mm. just for the scope of budgets and opportunities and the type of work you can make. Mm. Um, I mean, we love living here, but it can be limiting in lots of ways as well. Mm. So and we're also wanting to learn how that industry operates. You know here in New Zealand, we rely on uh, government funding through Inter Air and the Film Commission in places whereas mm. it's a really different game over in the States. Over there, right? yeah, yeah. Mm. So you can't get government funding for things in the same way. So mm. I think there's a lot that we can learn. From that, and we were really interested in how we could maybe have something operating in both countries.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: So, how did setting up the production company sort of like help, or in, in your mind, how would it help you be able to move into that industry in the States a little bit more, like as, a, as opposed to sort of just working together? Do you know, mm,
2: do you know yeah, what I mean? I think having a body of work and having an established mm. Uh, reputation somewhere helps, mm. and people love Kiwis over there, so you know, people love us.
1: I think it's also <laughs> just like Miriam and I have uh, not very different tastes in work, but we're different people, so we have different work that we like to make. Mm-hmm. and I think in New Zealand, there's such an emphasis like, there's a, not an emphasis, it's just a weird thing that goes like, anytime you portray New Zealand, people go, That's not my New Zealand. Mm. Like what are you doing Like Mm. that's not New Zealand Mm. That's not Papakura That's not K Road Mm. You know like when it's your version of it Mm. it, It's I don't know whether it's that tall poppy Sanjaro or Maybe But that's just kind of It's You know over in the States If you have an idea There's probably going to be A decent amount of people that are like Yeah man I fucking love that idea Mm. That's great Let's do it
0: Yeah Yeah I've noticed that with the limited experience that I have with Americans as well that they're just quite often like yes people you know Mm. like if you've got an idea
3: Mm.
0: quite often they'll get enthusiastic
2: yeah and I think it's also because we have that funding government funded model the work has to in some way represent culture or this place which absolutely you know you understand why that's there and we should have work which represents us but i also think it limits a lot of artists in terms of you know the types of work and worlds they want to portray and build mm. in the films mm. it's why can't you know we have more new zealand content that's competitive on netflix or mm. neon um mm. you know a different world that doesn't necessarily have to be of new zealand it could mm. it will no doubt have elements and essences of it but it it doesn't have to be kind of the New Zealand we all know and I think that that can definitely be really limiting
0: mm, absolutely but I guess it also because the funding model um invests money in like a finished product right and you need to like show your intention of what that representation would be like it doesn't really foster an opportunity for you to explore different aspects of what you want to represent mm. your yourself like it doesn't let you sort of like grow that you need to say ahead of time this is the representation that we're going to do please give us money for this representation Mm. rather than we'd like to explore that yeah
2: and and the model has changed like if you look at some of our best filmmakers um you know on the world stage taika and nikki caro and different Mm. people they all came up through a unique time when you know short you know first short films were getting ninety thousand dollars in the Mm. 80s now they're getting $30,000 in 2021. Yeah. Or there were also benefits. Huh? Oh, it's changed down again to 15. Yeah, oh, I was, was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and there were benefits for artists. So, you know, people say, why don't we have more filmmakers like Taika? And it's like, wow, well, he came up through a, a, an amazing mind and incredibly hard worker, but also came up through a specific time where there was, you know, support, real support there. Mm. So. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one.
0: You've definitely felt the squeeze to have to look somewhere else to sort of foster your creativity then?
2: Yeah, I think so, and wanting to do it sustainably because I think the model that has been set up here now requires quite unsustainable practice mm-hmm. and you can't – do that forever you know you Mm. see the people who are still working and you've got to be you do anyway you have to be dogged and you've got to work really hard and have vision Mm. and all of those things but um for something to be sustainable and particularly being a production company where we employ people we want Mm. to look after them Mm. you know you can only ask people to do things for free for so long Mm. um Mm. so yeah I think it's about that Sustainability eh? and also trying to figure out how are they doing it in the us to do it with no government funding mm. you mm. know what are the models, what are the pathways, where are the audiences and mm. I think it's harder to get to them here, whereas you can rock to a film festival in LA and meet the heads of Vimeo and short of the week and you know it's mm. a lot more accessible when you're physically there in lots mm. of ways
0: yeah so your intention in moving over there, obviously fostering your own creativity, being able to explore that yourself. You want to go to the bathroom, just Yeah. Just go.
1: I shouldn't have <laughs> had too much you can butcher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to keep talking to Mariam. Yeah. Um, we don't care what you have to say anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going over there, part of it was, yeah, that opportunity for you to foster mm. your creativity in a more sustainable way but was, if you were looking further down the track, was the intention to eventually come back and, like, I don't know, change the scene or I don't Definitely.
2: Know. I definitely don't think either of us wanted to live there forever. Mm. I mean, we all know the major issues facing US and I don't think either of us could live there mm. f- for really, really long periods of time without coming home. I think our idea was always... To somehow be in both places, um, you know, making the most of both opportunities mm. was really the idea. Mm. Um, I'll say, I'll, I hope Jack is okay with me speaking for him. He's a real homebody. I don't think he mm. would ever want to be fully somewhere else. And having lived overseas and things, we know how special this place is. But yeah, how could I think it was the dream was to go, how could we make the best of both worlds? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but we're in a slightly different world now. So, yeah. And that's okay. We're so lucky to be where we are and mm-hmm. um, just kind of reframe and reposition ourselves again and keep going.
0: How are you reframing?
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, now that's a really good question, Jack. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's, it was a good opportunity I think for everyone to take stock but I also found I think like many people last year really tough. We had mm. a lot of projects in production when lockdown hit and Like
0: in New Zealand or in the States? In New Zealand. yeah, yeah.
2: And um, it was really difficult getting them through all those jumps. I mean it's a miracle to make a film. Sometimes it feels like a miracle to make a film mm. in normal times but when you're having to reschedule and re-budget and figure out how you're going to make it all happen three months later or six months later or never um it really definitely took a toll but I feel after a good break um feeling a lot more yeah alive and ready for the reframing Mm,
0: the reframing (laughs) the reframing I think it's just about yeah
2: (laughs) great reframing um (laughs) I just think it's always going back to what is it that you actually want to do and what do you want to say and who do you want to work with and Mm. what type of environment do you want to be in every day and Mm. it's not always doing the corporate run-of-the-mill things Mm. and reframing what's important. Um, So I've been working on a feature film with one of my really good friends, Alex Tunui. Shout out, Alex. Shout out, Alex. (laughs) who actually also helped me, I will confess, she helped me workshop my haiku.
1: So I Ooh, hope that was all right. Big
2: Thanks, shout Alex. out, Alex. Yeah. yeah, big shout out. Hold um, on.
1: This, Sorry, I'm back. But did you just say you had help making your haiku?
2: I said I might have workshopped it. Because oh. <laughs> we were saying, how are we reframing for this year after the big year that was, you know, 2020? Mm. And I was saying, one thing that's been really useful is just really prioritising that work Mm. and going, okay, no, no one's paying us for it yet, but actually working on this feature script is the most important piece of work. Mm -hmm. And I think just realigning those priorities for me is really useful because I work really well with a deadline Mm. and those things. So when you've got other paid work and balancing it with the things that aren't funded yet, that can be really tricky. But Mm. I think it's just going this is the first thing I do when I wake up in the day. Mm. It's the most important Mm. and everything else flows much better. Whereas if I start on, I don't know, the corporate shoot we've got coming up, Mm. yeah, by the end of the day you don't really feel like, well, I don't personally really feel like, you know, working on the script.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you kind of use up all your spoons on on something which isn't necessarily in line with where you ultimately want to go. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I think it's for me, I, I can be an overcommitter mm. and um, say yes to too many things that I don't really want to do. So then I don't have the space when, say, a really good funding round opens up, which has just happened recently, that then you go, oh, I actually do have the time mm. to really put something into it. Whereas I can tend to cram it full of all these other things, mm. and then there's no space left mm. um, for you, even the creative ideas to come um so I mean actually recently having a concussion was actually you know it was not a great time wouldn't recommend it to anyone but actually you know to force you to stop and kind of realign and also great reframing yeah great reframing (laughs) that was yeah uh, 2020 was a big one (laughs) ending it knocking your head
0: how did you knock your head again
2: I uh, just, it's really embarrassing. I wish it was a better story, but mm. just knocked it, S- basically stood up right into the back of a van. While I was on set, someone radioed me, so I got distracted. Been working long hours, busy, yeah. bam. Still
0: mm. on the job.
2: On the job. <laughs> Doing it for cinema.
0: <laughs> Would you say you're the same with overcommitment, Jack?
1: Overcommitting to things? Mm. I'm. I'm. I've always been. I'm only going to do what I want. Mm. Um. So if that's one project, I'm just going to do one project. Mm. If that's 50 projects, I'm going to do 50 projects. Mm. Like, uh, sorry to Miriam because she has to deal with me being like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I. I. I do feel bad because that's not what I think. A lot of this world. I think there's a shift now that there is people being told, oh, actually you can do something different mm. or you don't actually have to do the thing mm. you feel you're expected to.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's right. I definitely would say I struggle with the more traditional kind of expectations and pressures than Jack does. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say, like at the start when Miriam talks about her dad being a diplomat, Like, my family are just, like, all kind of alternative educators. Mm. So, like, for me, um, you know, in a way, diplomacy is to be quite straight and quite normal and not to, you know, and it's to to make sure that people can come in and and hold that space in a way that you're like, cool, this is um, to uh, give a sense of what New Zealand is. Yeah, yeah. And then, like... On my mum's side, well, both sides, it's very much like, "Oh, there's no waves at the moment. Let's shake this fucking boat." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, No Jack, stop! I say that to myself all the time, but I can't, I can't not. Yeah. So, I've always been told, like, sure, this thing has to be done. There's some things in life that you need to do, like feed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and shower and drink water. Rules, basic. Yeah. Bare minimums. <laughs> But then, that's kind of it. Like I'm gonna do
0: mm.
1: whatever. Right. And also, growing up in South Auckland, kind of, you know, there were times where like we were, man, we fucking had nothing. Mm. Like mm. after my old man passed away, it was just me and mum. Like we we were broke as fuck. Mm. So like, now if someone's like, hey man, you got to do this, I'm like, no way. Mm. I've been given a chance to do something that I want to do, and you're not gonna derail me off whatever I want to do. Like.
0: Mm. mm, Yeah. No way, man. Yeah,
1: you can do that to yourself. Like, go do the things you don't want to do. Yeah. But I'm gonna do the things I want to do. So, I do commit, overcommit sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not in the way that like, like I I love, I love that overcommitment feeling because it's what I choose to do. Yeah. Mm. Like, there's a project coming up, um, end of March, start of April, where the dates had like overlapped Mm. and I wanted to do both. And so Mm. I finish one project where I've got a camera on my shoulder for like 10 days and then I fly out that night and I'm filming a short film as an actor like the next day for like five days. And I just can't think of anything better than that. Like I'm going to be so (laughs) fucking tired.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I just love that. Like you fanging for it. Oh, my God. Like I just froth that stuff so much. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Because it's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting – very busy and things that you're very excited about is extremely satisfying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, what we were talking about while you were in the bathroom was this was COVID, essentially. Mm. The fact that COVID forced you to reframe what you wanted the production company to do because part of the idea of going to the States was to do all those things that we talked about. Sure. And now you have to kind of do something else. So I'm kind of interested in what... Mm what sort of vision you both have, if it's a shared vision or if you're still sort of like brainstorming, like what you kind of want to do from here, you know, since you can't, since and states isn't immediately on the cards.
1: I mean, I think it's like... (laughs) Pin drop.
2: um, (laughs) You can take that one, Jack. (laughs) You can start.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think it's, this is my my perception Mm -hmm. is like it's quite... Fluid, like, mm. um, that's why we call ourselves 2113 Creatives. I don't have you said the name of the business? We've yet? not. Oh, creatives, Everyone <laughs> shout out! <laughs> shout out! <laughs> 2113
3: Creatives, well,
1: that's <laughs> um, yeah. Like, the reason why we kind of called ourselves creatives rather than like
3: film production,
1: yeah, is because it kind of can be a bit of anything, really. Mm. Um. Mm. Yeah. So, like, for Miriam, if she wants to do doco, she can go and do doco. Like, uh, for, I've just got this real big urge of late to to do like um, narrative based advertising. Oh. Um, mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I think. You're right, Jack, and that is very fluid how we work and a lot of it can be in response, right? If a client comes up with a brief or there's a funding application or, you know, a round opens up. Um, But I think for me it really – I realised that I hadn't made something that I directed for like two years. Mm. And when I realised that, I was like, oh my God, you know, I haven't done the thing that I – say that I am you know I've been making stuff for other people Mm. I've been supporting on productions and casting and servicing in different ways you know Mm. film production sector but I hadn't actually directed something Mm. in two years and I think that was definitely the wake up call and going I'm gonna you know work on this series I'm gonna work on this feature and that is the priority Mm. Um, so I definitely think my focus has been more uh, like scripted content so moving into series and features because the, the jump from short to feature is a massive one and mm. is a big thing if you talk to any filmmaker um, you know how you make that jump is you know always always the question mm. um, but I think making that the most important has definitely been part of it mm. um, yeah did that answer your question I don't yeah, even know it, Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, it kind of does because what you're saying is that part of your vision for the company for yourselves is to be able to chase what you're excited about and do what you want to do so it's Mm. less about um just fostering that creativity and learning like what you were going to do in the states Mm. and more about just giving yourself that opportunity to yeah, and I think I think the
2: COVID environment has actually made things more accessible. It was already going that way, I think, mm. in terms of you not having to be in LA or New York mm. and it being a much more open market. But mm. I think that has increased even more with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the opportunities coming through, I think, are quite different. Um, like the new Blacklist initiative is really exciting. That's never really been something that's been so open here. I don't um, know it's a...
1: You submit your screenplay. Yeah, it's
2: essentially kind of my understanding of it is like a data about data, quite a prestigious and well-known database of mm. screenplays that um, often get you know go into production. That can be more producers thing.
1: have access yeah. to it, mm. right? So yeah. top producers right. are, and directors and yeah. financiers are looking at it, going, "Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh, that's great." Or production companies are looking at them going, oh, that's cool.
2: And so the Film Commission have recently partnered with them. And I don't know if that was in the works pre-COVID, but it's the kind of opportunity that, you know, will really help bring more of New Zealand content into more of the world world stage, yeah. as opposed to maybe just producing stuff for our own audiences, mm. which I think you can do both.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's just one example that came to mind of... Uh, more opportunities that are less based on where you physically
0: are. Mm. Yeah, yeah, broadening it out a little bit. Mm. Cool. Even if you can't physically leave. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or don't want to. I mean, we could, but... Yeah, I don't really want to. Don't want to.
0: Yeah, Yeah. not at this stage. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, What's the
1: 2113? Well, (gasps) if you go on our website, 2113creatives.com,
3: yeah, and then
1: go about us. You'll see this little tab that's called "What's in a Name," and you can read all about it.
0: Oh, yeah! So that's a place on no, there. Okay, yeah. Because it's
1: actually we've just also spent a lot of uh, just a certain amount of money <laughs> on our website <laughs> to get it. You know, yeah, so yeah. we always
3: want
0: website. It traffic. is. It's a beautiful Woo-hoo. website. Thank not Obviously, had a little bit of a scroll through. It was a very enjoyable time. Thank you. So I feel like everybody should just really. <laughs>
1: I mean have a look. Like we're you know, you mm-hmm. can we can tell you about it, but I uh, think we're also yeah. our thing as visual storytellers out yeah. us So yeah. go mm. have a visual
0: experience.
1: Taste. Mm. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry. That's... No, no, that's
0: fine. I mean, you know, leave a little bit of mystery to it. I'm I'm happy with that. Um have you had A single project that you've both worked on that you were like, you think back and you're like, that was like so exciting. And that was like the one for me or for us. Maybe it's different for.
1: Mm. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. For me, no
2: single project that I was like, that was the one.
0: Or like the one so far, maybe. Like maybe it wasn't like perfect opportunity for you, but so far that was like.
2: Mm. We made a documentary that was funded by through Someday Stories called Disorder. Um, And we interviewed five um, people from uh, New Zealand um, who'd experienced a range of eating disorders in their life. And it was a pretty special project because of the people, um, but I think the kind of impact that it had was, I think, one of the most special things. Yeah, that was The, f- cool. the film is now being used in universities and specialist facilities all around mm. the world for education um, of staff, of parents, of teachers, of families to really, I guess, destigmatize and understand the experience of what it is. So I think yeah. that was... Pretty special, again, made lots of mistakes and could change lots of things. But um, I think the impact that it had and when the emails mm. started coming from all over the world, mm. that was pretty special. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, we did a lot of health-based work after that and doco work and have done since. So it was a bit of a catalyst as well for work that we then went on to do. Um, but that was a pretty special process.
3: Cool. Mm.
0: Yeah. That sounds cool. Like it's got the, the I wouldn't say trifecta of like being a cool experience, being a learning experience, but then also having like a big impact, which is.
2: Yeah, totally. And we're actually talking about it today around sort of why we make films or, you know, what is it that you want? And I definitely have the feeling that I, lo- I believe in the power of stories, you know, mm. as – tools of change mm-hmm. and documentary is much easier to kind of see that in a much more measurable way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the impact a lot more clearly and mm-hmm. that can be, be what's so beautiful and wonderful about it. It doesn't mean that a narrative film can't do that. It mm-hmm. can just feel a bit more tangible with a doc mm-hmm. and I think that's what um, that experience really, I guess, solidified that in me, that mm-hmm. I want to make films to move people and change people, mm-hmm. even if it's in a really small way. Mm-hmm. Um not everyone has that view on filmmaking but I think, yeah,
0: it really just showed me the power of that Do you share that vision like that you make films because you want to change make change or do you have an augmented vision?
1: I don't know, man (laughs) This is if classic. I,
0: She's like, I know exactly what my vision is, and you're like, I don't know. Uh,
1: fluid. No, yeah, like I, <laughs> I do know. I'm just like, you know, and I, like not to kind of be like, ooh, but like I'm pretty burnt as an artist at the moment. Mm. Like, mm. I feel pretty burnt after the last few years of kind of like
3: mm.
1: just figuring out what's important to me as an mm. artist. Mm. Um, I um to To hit up um, Josh's podcast that oh, he did, yeah. um, and they talk about like being a sellout. Yeah, um, I really dug that because mm. like, and them talking about like being forty and not having a home. And
3: yeah,
1: this quite this kind of emphasis on like the grind. Mm. And like people always talk about like yeah diamonds come from rough and I'm like yeah but I don't want to be a diamond man like yeah. I don't even know what I I mm. don't want to just be the filmmaker.
0: Yeah you going to be a creative.
1: Yeah, but I don't even just want to be creative. Like I want to be the human. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> I know that sounds so washy. Um
0: But I feel like that's real.
1: Yeah, like I just I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's it's important to to tell stories, but if I don't tell the perfect story, I'm not going to hate yeah. myself. No. Like I'm like will I ever tell the perfect story? I'm not chasing perfection, so that's already kind of out the door for me Mm. Mm. but then
2: you have that thing that you always say to me which I think is really useful as Jack will say if I'm you know we all get and have those moments and you often say to me you know Miriam you're not just a filmmaker or an artist or Mm. a business owner or you know all of these things you're a human and you're a person yeah but Mm. shout out to my mum
1: for that (laughs) Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's straight Did you steal
2: that from Louise?
1: No, I to, she, I've i told you that, that she, That's why I'm lucky in my upbringing Because no, my that mum is true. always used to that say to true. me, you have told me that. When I was like playing competitive rugby And rowing yeah, competitively right. And trying yeah. to figure out what I wanted to do mm. She's like, Jack, remember you're not just a rower mm. And I was like, yeah, but I, I want to do rowing so much And mm. I want to compete, I want to go to the Olympics And she's like, yeah, cool, do it But mm. remember you're not just that, mate Yeah, yeah. And then when I got into drama school She's that's like, remember you're not just an actor, mate mm. Yeah, and that for it's me really was healthy. like, yeah, it is healthy. Yeah, I think she did an awesome job in terms of, um, I don't know whether that was her. I mean, I was pretty conscious of her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, deloading that pressure mm. of, you know, he's a young dude in New Zealand doing something that might not be the typical career path. Yeah, yeah. So shout out mum. Shut Shut up, please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: but i mean it it makes things a little bit more sustainable for you right hmm. to remember that you are humans and you have lives you might have this like really beautiful strong vision but at mm. the same time
2: absolutely and then it's also you don't feel I think getting away from the pressure that you're making your opus yeah. so wow. we talked a lot of drama school is there was this certain project and people would feel very pressured to be like this is my the one the one the <laughs> yeah. piece the of work <laughs> <Yeah>. oh <God. laughs> but there's going to be so many ones it doesn't they, each will shape us
1: but I just also just want to like yes on that just want to touch back for a second. Mm. If anyone's listening and they're going through like a burn phase at the moment, Mm. Mm. remember you're not just the thing that you are at this Mm. moment. Mm. There's so much human complexity to you. So you Mm. can be the friend and... That support person, and mm. the mum, and the dad, and the anybody, and the you could be the couch, or you could be, <laughs> but you could, you know, depending on how you perceive yourself.
2: <laughs> this is getting pretty safe. <laughs> <again. laughs> Context: We're all sitting on couches. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: you aren't just what you are, right at this moment in this mm. hard point. So, yeah, keep the chin up. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to those people going through that burn, mm. or those people that have been through the burn, and those mm. people that will hit the burn one day. Mm. Keep going. So, Karen.
0: I, if I can cut in real quick, yeah, go for I it. I didn't. I like. I had no idea that you were feeling that sort of like artist burn, and I, I, I find that interesting because, like, for me, one of the reasons why I asked you guys on is because I really admire you both for like the work that you do and your creativity and like all of that. So, like, I would never have known that. I was just kind of like, wow, shit, this is cool, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. That you that you say that because from an outsider's perspective, got no idea, mm. you know. And I think quite often when you feel like you're going through some kind of, yeah, burn, as a creative, you feel like yourself, like, oh, I'm maybe I'm not doing what I want to do, or like I don't mm. know what I want to do, or whatever. Other people can't see that. Totally. Mm. You know, a hundred percent.
1: I think the burn's okay, though. As mm. people try to run from it sometimes mm. and I think mm. it's like, this is what um, Miriam and I when we go through like hard times and we've, we're have we better at it now of like not trying to fix mm. the person going through the burn mm. but just being there with them. Mm. I think yeah. it's like that cartoon where it says, hey, are you okay? And it goes, yeah. no. Can I do anything for you? No. Okay, well, I'll just sit here. Mm. Mm. And it's just the cartoon characters just sitting next to each other,
3: Aww.
1: and like I think now we're getting better at mm. that. Not like knowing that it's okay to sit in the burn. It's just like yeah. I got you. Mm. Yeah, there's a whole community of artists out there and yeah. people who are going through that burn or have, yeah. again, who have been through it, yeah. who can sit there and hold you.
3: Yeah,
1: you mm. know.
2: Yeah, and I think it's so hard, right, in this day and age, especially with COVID. You know, our portals into each other's world is through social media. Mm. And of course, you know, running a business, we want our website and our social media to go. You look know, flash. hey, <laughs> we look flesh, You know, look at yeah. us working so Ooh, much, yeah. but yeah. we're just making we're just making it up like anyone else. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, um, you know, part of growing up is figuring out that everyone's just making it up. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Just making it up as as you go along, and you can yeah. have visions and dreams, but also it's just one step at a time. Yeah, but I. I Yeah, the burn, I definitely felt the burn last year. Yeah. It was real. And I think just before I got my concussion, eh, I was just like,
1: yeah. I mean, even before that, after the car. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's really been a pre-COVID when, again, listen to Crumbs if you want to hear the story of our car burning on an LA freeway. Mm. (laughs) Mm. That was kind of the beginning of a whole lot of really tricky stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, your tolerance, your resilience has gone up heaps man
2: yeah well I mean when you survive a burning car (laughs) yeah
1: no but just in terms of like
3: Mm.
1: I don't know this is bad of me but I've always been like oh yeah I can deal with resilience way better than Miriam (laughs) like not in a stink way yeah but then I look at her now sometimes and I'm like oh fuck like the gross yeah like I'm like man she's like really sprouted yeah (laughs) Um, sprouted (laughs) sprouted um Fruited, or what is it? What <laughs> is it? When you petal, bloom, blossom. bloom, bloom <laughs> blossom, <When you> <laughs> petal. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm a visual person. <laughs> um Yeah, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm always like, oh, shit. Maybe I'm the one now who needs to.
0: But that's good. Work on. My- yeah, it is. Right? It is good,
1: and yeah. it's I'm okay with that. I reckon it's quite cool. Yeah. To kind of see the ebbs and flows of our yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah, and
0: that
2: that can be challenging in moments right if you're in a creative partnership or Mm. you know creative Mm. relationship you know if each are going to have their highs and lows Mm. but you think you just get better at riding it and it's Mm. also what I love about it is it's like oh your success is my success so when you win or book a job then we both win yeah you know and sometimes those jobs are together sometimes they're not that's okay but I think that can be hard I remember feeling that really when we first graduated mm. from drama school mm. Mm. more acutely because mm. we're in a new environment and, um, yeah, it was, and Jack was booking heaps of work, which mm. was amazing. And then I was like, well, where's my work? Mm. It's, mm. you know, and sort of young and first out of, out in the real world was tricky, yeah. but you get better at working with it. And I, it's kind of fun, really.
1: Well, I thought there's also a good example, like, when we're in the car today. I've mm. like you know, Miriam and I are um, uh, like quite hard on each other sometimes, like hard mm. in a in like a in a way because we know how much or know what that person's um potential is. Yeah. Mm. So if I don't see Miriam hitting that, I'm yeah. just like, come on, like don't come on, man. Like mm. stop, you know, like getting in your own what, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get out of your own way. <laughs> yeah. You're way better than this. Like
3: yeah. mm.
1: Well, not better, but you're you're more than this right yeah. now. Um, mm. And then, like today, we were talking about films, and I was just kind of ranting in the car, getting quite angry <laughs> during through Newmarket. <laughs> Might <laughs> have got a speeding did. ticket. Still because I was <laughs> flustered. But then, Miriam was like, "I was talking about my my inability to like reach out for mm. the help that I need in order mm. to progress my art."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, really, I just find it debilitating. Mm messaging somebody and saying, hey, can you help me for this half-day shoot? Yeah. Like if it's a no-budget thing, yeah. I just find yeah. that – like I, I just can't. like yeah. I physically- Also
0: shame and stuff wrapped up in it, eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so Miriam was just like, well, you need to work through that. But then I was kind of like, oh, I'm burning right now and I don't want that. Yeah. I don't need that from her. So how can I get – without?" and because I'm so bad at asking for what I need, mm. it kind of – in a roundabout way – I then just blurted out, well, I need someone to just message the people because I can't message them myself. Yeah. And then my was like, I can do that. (laughs) And I was like, great, that's what I need from you right (laughs) now.
0: That's great.
1: You know, so so in ways that we're sometimes really harsh against each other.
0: But in a way that builds both of you up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, to other people it might seem hard, but I think it's just respect and love in a different form We're maybe not always used to seeing, you know, love and, you know, respect in
1: a stronger, harsher way, perhaps. Well, because so many times people perceive love to be like, here's your necklace and here's roses (laughs) and stuff. And it's just like, oh, man, imagine, like, that's cool, but, like, have you ever, like pushed your partner to like do the thing they want to do. That's <laughs> fucking sexy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah. And actually yeah. just
2: for some context for anyone, Jack and I are partners in life as well as business, if that wasn't already clear. Because <laughs> yeah. some people might just we'll be listening being, being real confused. People That's
1: or not. true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it would be kind of awkward because at the start we did talk about like when we started. Oh, oh we here. did. Oh, Australia.
2: yeah, we did. And oh, when yeah. we
1: started like hashtag, yeah. uh, Finger quotation marks, getting a bit more together at parties, as Marie <laughs> <Yeah>, said.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I
1: hope people haven't listened this far and gone, what the
0: fuck are these guys to uh, yeah. like, yeah, man? Getting yeah. more creative <laughs> yeah. at parties. Yeah. yeah. yeah holy heck. Uh, it's great. Well, <laughs> if we're on the romance buzz, shall we whip out the haikus?
1: Haikus. Are they meant to be romantic? No. Sweet.
3: <laughs> can All good. Let's I, do it. I just thought it would Are be. Are you so going? I want to. Can I go
2: first?
1: Yeah, you can go first. Go for it.
2: Have
0: you memorized
1: yours? No, no, no. I'm oh, going to okay. grab my phone. On, oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> no, I haven't. Have you got a preface for it? Um,
2: I guess. I mean, I mentioned before that I workshop this a little bit. Is this bit. your haiku? No, oh. no. Like, no, no this, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. this is my preface. This is my preface. And I was glad to listen to the podcast from last week because I was like, okay, get the vibe, you know, because it was like, where do I pitch it? Mm. So I've, I've been through quite a few different haikus to arrive here. Right. This is the <laughs> Some one. more ruthless and mean, and some more tender. <laughs> but here we go. Fierce, soft, and loyal, like the dogs you cry about in the Dave Dobbins song. <laughs> <laughs> I also had, can I, can I read the, the second ending?
0: Yeah, alternative ending. The, the
2: alternative e- ending. Okay. Kay. Director's cut. Director's cut. Fierce, fierce, soft, and loyal, like the dogs you cry about, put your clothes away.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, Back. <laughs> <laughs> it's love. It's yeah. It's building you up. It, it's
2: yeah. It's you know that clear, harsh, she's respectful got, love. Yeah, she's got high expectations. So you know, I was I was didn't know which one which one to go for. So you have both.
1: <laughs> I mean, I quite like the first one. Don't like people knowing that I cry about dogs. That's no, not do. okay.
0: Vulnerability is okay. <laughs>
1: no, I like sob man. We were watching Puppy Dog Squad on T V TVNZ <gasps> on I just for like an easy watch, and then I watched this moment. I'm I'm gonna come clean is that I watched this moment of this dog being put in the back of a car and then it didn't realise, like, the owners knew that it was going Mm. but it didn't quite know it was going and then they, like, shut the boot and you saw this moment of the dog being like, oh, man, I'm going somewhere else. No.
0: Broke you. Fuck. That would break me.
1: I just, I'm eating my dinner and I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Sorry,
0: but if that doesn't break someone...
3: Yeah. If you've ever
2: seen Dogs on Netflix, the opening, like, montage... Every time, every – we had to stop watching it because Jack couldn't get through the opening montage. I was like, we've got to stop right. watching this.
1: I waved out the window the other day and the person waved back to me, but it was awkward because I wasn't waving at them. I was waving at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit.
0: And
3: crying. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I'm
1: sorry, man. He waved at me, but I wasn't waving at you.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm waving at you. poodle or whatever they're called. It's cute. Okay, right, should I do my haiku? Yeah. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Haikus are quite hard Although they are friendly fun Just like Miriam <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well actually When we were writing Jack had said he'd written his haiku And then he was like Oh is it supposed to be about you? Shit And he had to rewrite it Oh
1: and then I also thought the five seven five was words, not <laughs> syllables.
2: Ah, yeah, we've got a lot yes. of five seven. Well, I wrote a few five seven five of words, not Look. syllables.
0: What I what I said to another guest was nobody's going to be sitting there counting the syllables when they listen, although some people might now rewind. Yeah, I
1: mean I did last week. I was oh, like, really? Is I was like, that's not five words. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what? And I was like, arts. Oh, syllables. Yeah, yeah. I just checked mine then. Oh, yeah, I, I just checked fingers. mine. <laughs> was yeah. Wondering
2: why I went quiet. I just did the old count. Very
1: well done. <laughs> Miriam was practicing <laughs> them the other night. I, think I wasn't on the practicing. No. no, you were trying to work it oh, out. I was working it out. But for the yeah. sake of this, um, I'm going to do it on my chest. But this is what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like tapping out the syllables. <gasps> and it was like adorable. consistent. So that's what I heard for like maybe 40 minutes. Oh, it wasn't not that long. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's that's good though, wasn't it?
1: That's I really mean, it was, it was a lot more thoughtful than mine. It was quite cool. It's adorable. It's a good Dave Dobbins song.
2: Yeah. So I had that other ending and then we heard that, the Dave Dobbins song in the car and I was like, oh,
1: perfect. Yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk. I was going to cry.
2: What song is
0: it?
1: Um, loyal. Nah, no, it's not loyal. <laughs> it's not loyal. No, it's the other that. one. What's the other one? I it's love not... Welcome Home. Yeah, you love Welcome Home. Let Slice me find of it. Nope. Noob. <laughs> Noob.
0: No, you're not crying over a, nah, nah. a, nah. a pub pub song? <laughs>
1: uh, Just something about um, it. Let me.
0: Are you sure it was Dave Dobbins? 100%. Dobbin DD Smash?
1: No, nah, no, nah, it was. Absolutely. Beside, beside you. you by oh. Dave Dolan. Oh mm. my god. Just
2: Yeah. So we had a good Dave Dolan sing along and I was like, that will be the perfect addition <laughs> with the loyal dog theme.
1: Mm. I mean also yeah. like I would <laughs> yes. think I was more sensitive to it because I, you know, the boon and everything. Oh, so like, having someone beside me. <laughs> yeah. And going to see a mate who, you know, nearly thought I was gonna lose him at the start of the year. He's in hospital. Okay. He's good now, he's sweet. But like just the whole lot of like fuck. So just hearing that beside you, I was like, oh, Oh, and the guitar, beautiful song. Have a listen to it. Have a listen. Mm. Shout out, Dave. Shout out, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Dob, Sir David Dobbin, should be.
0: Should be. Well, that's a wrap. That's it. it. That's That's it. We've been speaking for, I believe. I believe over
1: an hour. Oh my god.
3: Yeah. It
2: went
0: fast.
1: Do you need to plug anything, says I?
0: don't need to plug anything. Do you guys need to plug anything?
1: Do you need to plug anything, Mary?
0: (laughs) We've kind of plugged some stuff. Yeah, I just not not saying you're not allowed any more plugs. Just follow us on the social media. We'll definitely put your
1: socials up Yeah. Hashtag like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Hit that bell. Yeah. Hit that bell for notification. Mm. Um now, shout yes. out to everyone listening to this. Shout yeah. Because like podcasts aren't easy. No. You know, so shout out, says okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having us. All good. All good.
1: Rock on.